Hello, and welcome to another mini-episode of The Right Question, a radio program and podcast featuring authors from the American West and beyond. I'm Lauren Korn, speaking with Heather White, author of One Green Thing, Discover Your Hidden Power to Help Save the Planet, a book that operates as an extension to the One Green Thing movement. Heather founded One Green Thing to help tackle the mental health impacts of the climate crisis, and she'll be at the Bozeman Public Library tonight at 6.30 to discuss strategies to keep the earth healthy and thriving. Heather, thanks so much for joining me. Welcome to The Right Question. It's such a pleasure, Lauren. I'm a big fan. Well, I'm a big fan of yours. We are here to talk about your book, One Green Thing. But before we dive into it, I'd like to give our listeners a bit of context. What's your background and why do some consider you the quote unquote Brene Brown of the environmental movement? Oh, thank you so much, Lauren, for that question. My background is an environmental policy wonk. I've spent about 25 years doing this work. I worked for Al Gore in 2000 on his presidential campaign. I was a recount lawyer in Florida for him. Obviously, it didn't work out the way I expected. I worked on Capitol Hill. I ran a nonprofit environmental health group called Environmental Working Group and also ran the nonprofit partner to Yellowstone National Park. But it was actually a conversation with my kids that sparked me on this research on the mental health impacts of the climate crisis. And I think um, the reason that it was Erin Brockovich who said that, which I'm so grateful that she did the intro to the book, um, compared me to Brene Brown, because the idea is that we need to start talking about how we feel about the future we're leaving the next generation. And it's time for us all to get involved. And what are the experiences of these young people, Heather? Are they different from the experiences of older generations? Lauren, that's such an important question. There was a recent survey in September of 2021 of 10,000 young people globally, ages 16 through 25. 47%, so nearly half, said that climate anxiety interfered with their daily life. And this is the statistic that really got my attention. One out of four do not want to have children of their own because of eco-anxiety. Not a lifestyle choice, but because they are so worried about the future that we are leading them. I think that this statistic is a call to action for all of us to get involved in climate. Heather, a word that is circling me both in my position with the right question, reading contemporary literature, but also in my personal life, living in Montana and having grown up here, is solastalgia. This is the homesickness we feel while still at home, while still in this place. It's the pain and longing we feel as we realize the world immediately around us is changing irrevocably. Tell me about your relationship to that word, if it's centered in your life or in the lives of those you talk to. It's absolutely centered in the lives of the people I'm talking to and live with, including my teenagers uh, and their friends. It's also for folks who've been in this movement for a long time, trying to get people involved in climate action and realizing that we have six years. Uh, the United Nations had just said that, you know, we are witnessing climate catastrophe right now. 2023 was the hottest year on record, and it's likely the coolest one that we're going to experience in our lifetime, unless all of us do our part and get involved. And the issue is so overwhelming. So nostalgia is something that connects with me. The term that I use is eco-anxiety. I think it's um, a broad term that people can really connect with as well to understand that, that there is a, a mental drain and stress when people start thinking about the enormity of the crisis ahead, the overwhelm that people feel, 
and a lack of agency. You know, for example, um, my kids and the dinner table conversation I have with them that sparked me on this whole journey, writing the book and creating a nonprofit about this issue was, you know, I'm 14, I'm 12. You know, what can I possibly do to make a difference in such a big issue? And I can foresee the losses that are about to happen. And so the book really was inspired to get more people talking about solastalgia. Other terms are climate despair, climate grief, eco-grief, eco-anxiety, climate anxiety, talking about this phenomenon, especially how young people feel, and also creating a way for more people to see themselves in the movement, to exercise agency, to be part of what I would say is an important cultural shift that we need in order for big climate policy solutions to take hold. We don't have a ton of time, Heather, but I I want listeners to get a sense of what this book is like. How does One Green Thing approach this eco-anxiety, this climate despair, this solastalgia? Is there something you want to tell our listeners right now? How to approach action in the face of these really intense and complicated feelings? Your individual action really matters. It matters to manage your own eco-anxiety, but also to create the culture shift we need for big solutions to take hold. So you matter in climate action. This book is almost like a choose-your-own-adventure when it comes to climate anxiety and climate action. I call it a self-help book. I'm not telling you, Lauren, to do this, not that, buy this, not that. I'm asking, who are you? How do you show up for the people you love and service? And then I have an assessment, which is kind of like Myers-Briggs or Enneagram or Strength Finders, that you take and you find out what is your service superpower, and then you adopt a daily practice of sustainability based on your unique talents and your strengths, and your daily practice can bring more joy into your life, help you exercise agency over this issue, create community, and create that important culture shift we need for these big global solutions that must take hold quickly. I'm speaking with Heather White, author of One Green Thing. Heather, you are taking part in an event at the Bozeman Public Library tonight. Beth Boyson, who works in adult programming for the library, said she hoped that, quote, in a season of excess, people searching for how to best manage all the choices involved in commerce will find some inspiration in One Green Thing. I'm wondering, how do you reconcile the many ways people want to celebrate the holidays with gift-giving with their daily choices and their desire to do the very least to harm our planet? Such a great question, Lauren, and I know it's on a lot of people's minds. The first thing is this mantra, experiences, not things. Embrace that as part of your philosophy this holiday season, whether it's a cooking lesson, a hike with friends, an an opportunity to uh, travel. Think about experiences, not things. The other is to ask the people you love what they would like. <laughs> you might find, I know in my household, the young people in my life would like cash. <laughs> you know, they don't necessarily need more trinkets. Or maybe someone has been saving for a very important item and you could contribute to that as opposed to getting them small plastic things that are just going to add to the clutter. And then finally, there's all kinds of great things you can do is, you know, reuse your decorations, 
use the outside for inspiration, bring it in. Um, try to avoid single-use plastic at your parties. I know a lot of people turn to single-use plastic and paper plates that aren't compostable just because it's easier. But if you come up with a kitchen plan before you yeah. before you have a party and you make it intergenerational, it can actually be a lot of fun to do the cleanup as opposed to a reason not to use your nice stuff. So use real stuff. And if you have fancy dishes, bring them out. As I'm sure many of our listeners know, the COP28, or the Global Climate Summit, is taking place right now as we speak. Is eco-anxiety or climate despair, mental health during the climate crisis, usually a part of these summits? Oh, another great question, Lauren. This is the first time, this COP28 is the first time that mental health has been incorporated into one of the COPs which is a convention of the parties. It's basically the people who agreed to the Paris Agreement internationally, United Nations getting together to talk about our climate commitments. But yes, this is the first time that mental health is part of the COP conversation, and there's actually been a full day dedicated to health and the impacts of the climate crisis on our personal and community health. And where can our listeners go to find out what those conversations sound like? Yes, at OneGreenThing.org, we have a blog about what is COP28 with links to the COP28 official page, but you can follow those conversations. Also, our colleagues at the Climate Mental Health Network have some representatives there that are doing workshops on climate and mental health. Heather, we might have an opportunity in the future to talk at, at greater depth about this, but is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know before we sign off today? I think I would say for our listeners is that you don't have to be everything to everybody. Everyone is welcome in this movement. Come as you are, but we all have a role to play in this important issue. Heather, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you, Lauren. That was Heather White, founder of the nonprofit One Green Thing and author of the book One Green Thing, Discover Your Hidden Power to Help Save the Planet. Heather will be at the Bozeman Public Library this evening at 6.30. For more information about this event, go to bozemanlibrary.org. And to learn more about Heather, her nonprofit, and her book, go to onegreenthing.org. You've been listening to a mini-episode of The Right Question. This episode was produced by me, I'm your host, Lauren Korn, and engineered by Aidan McMahon. The artwork for The Right Question was designed by Molly Russell, and our music was written and recorded by John Floridus. Funding for The Right Question is provided by the Greater Montana Foundation, encouraging communication on issues, trends, and values of importance to Montanans. Many thanks to Humanities Montana for supporting this program since 2008. And thank you for listening. The Right Question is a production of Montana Public Radio.